So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. All right, partner. So we had quite the development shakeout on Wednesday when Ravens safety Marcus Williams, he appeared at practice just weeks removed from what was once feared to be a significant pectoral setback. Uh, uh, Bobby, I was 1000% shocked when the Ravens tweeted out video from him at practice. So uh, you know what makes it even sweeter, though, Bobby, is he wasn't alone in big names returning. We will get to that and a bunch more from the injury report in just a bit. Well, I'm shocked. We're, we were both dead wrong on it, too. We got a lot to discuss. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison. It is Thursday, September 28th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault, which is brought to you by this episode's small business Patreon title sponsor, High Grounds Cafe, there's something brewing in Baltimore. And my goodness, tell me, I mean, just stop me if you've heard this before, but don't stop me because this is awesome. Our guy, Roquan Smith, he got me fired up again today. He set a tone. He's raising the intensity for this week four matchup against Cleveland. Yeah, you're not going to want to miss that times a thousand. That's just how Agent Zero does it at this point. Plus, Jadavian Clowney was asked if there's any bad blood entering Sunday. He's going up against his former team in the Cleveland Browns. And Lamar Jackson was asked for his reaction. The Miami Dolphins putting up a 70 spot. And his response got a little bit of buzz. Yeah, we have all of that and more. So thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. I still can't believe that this happened today. So lots of good news rolling in. Doesn't mean that the injury report is going to be clear of injuries. We, I mean, we were, we were talking about many, many setbacks and there's still a few. We'll get to all those, but we're going to start with the good news. As we said off the top, uh, Marcus Williams returned. He was once thought, could this be a season ender? He had to decide if he was going to have surgery on his, on his pet. Then Harbaugh told us that he wasn't going to do that. He's going to try to play through it. Then, so I still thought, heck, he might be out be a month, maybe two. Uh, no, he was back on Wednesday. Uh, maybe that means that it was more of a strain or he's just able to gut out pain. I do not know. But this is a huge development for this defense. Uh, to have somebody back there who can control, who can get some interceptions, who is just all over wide-ranging safety, Hello, welcome back. Then on top of it, Bobby, oh, we get back all pro left tackle, Ronnie Stanley. He was back out on the field. Ravens put out some video, looked pretty good. The ankle didn't look like he was holding them back. Oh, center Tyler Linderbaum, he was back out there. 
Oh, oh, and don't forget this. I wouldn't, didn't want to give a prediction on our preview show because I didn't know if Gus Bus was going to be out there. Oh, well, the bus was out there. He was indeed. And then Fresh Off is signing his new contract, Kyle Van Noy. He was out there, my guy from BYU. He feels like he, I mean, it seems like he's going to be ready to jump into the fire. So lots of good news on that front. Bobby, what's your reaction? Well, the timeline. The timeline, the messaging, the communication surrounding Marcus. You know, this is a guy that just a couple weeks ago, like I said in the open, was feared to have torn his pectoral muscle or a significant strain or something along those lines. And Harb said Marcus would have had, he had a decision to make. Well, Sarah, he's got a lot of pride because he made the decision to opt away from surgery. And now here we are weeks later. We haven't even hit October yet. He's back at practice. Yes, it was in limited fashion, as you see on the injury report, but just the fact that we're talking about this kind of optimism, just a, a couple weeks removed from that, speaks to, I mean, that is paramount. It's pivotal. I mean, any adjective you can come up with in terms of meaningful and then some tenfold. Now, look, has, has the Ravens secondary taken care of business since he went down? Yes, they certainly have. And give Mike McDonald his flowers, and the guys that have stepped in admirably, name, notably Geno Stone and Ardarius Washington before he went down, and a number of other guys. Daryl Worley played over 100 snaps the other day. We'll get to that in a second. But here is the actual list in full in terms of like full status on Wednesday. Bateman and Beckham were both DNPs, not looking great for them coming up this weekend. That's why they went ahead and signed a couple guys back to the practice squad. I, I'm I wouldn't I'm not giving up. I still think there's a chance for Odell Beckham Jr. I'm not saying he's for sure gonna be out there, but he's one to watch. I, I'm not ready to write that one off yet. Uh I want to see Thursday and Friday. He could be gone Wednesday and Thursday. I want to see that Friday injury report. I'm not ready to write him off yet. Good. Good. So yeah. So maybe perhaps Bateman of the two of those is is probably maybe more pessimistic about Sunday. But anyway, those two guys were DNPs, as were Kyle Hamilton, who showed up on the injury report after his career day on Sunday with a back setback. Justice Hill still dealing with the foot. He did not practice. No go for Marlon Humphrey either, even though there was this courtesy of Adafe Owe's Instagram story. Come on! This man's back. Yeah, yeah. He's back this week. Yes! Yes! Joke! Joke! Oh, you screwed. He's not back this week, okay? Even, I mean, he's got to get back at practice. He's not back this week. I wish he was. He's looking good, though. I mean, he doesn't look like he's far off. But Marlon Humphrey, uh, I am going to take his practice status as a bigger indicator than Odafe always and him messing around in the training room. Oh, Ajabo and Owe were both DNPs as well. And then these guys were limited. Tyler Linderbaum, Ronnie Stanley. And then the aforementioned Marcus Williams. The one guy I did not mention, Gus Edwards. He was feared to be in concussion protocol. We still don't have a clear-cut information in terms of what kind of evaluation he went through. But Sarah, he was a full participant on Wednesday, making leading you to believe. And by the way, John Harbaugh was tight-lipped on all of this, as you would imagine. Doesn't really do him any good to divulge. But... Sarah, he's a full participant on Wednesday. That that shows you that he's more than likely clearing any protocol that he was even in to begin with. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, I think there's a good chance that he'll be playing. Uh, here's here's uh, so to me, Odafe and Ojabo. I think that those are gonna they're gonna be out for a while. I don't think they would have signed Kyle Van Noy if they had optimism that one of the two would be back sooner than later because they didn't they didn't sign anybody when they still had Ojabo and Owe was down. So those those two uh, to me, I'm getting ready to hunker down. Um, now Kyle Hamilton, that's one to watch. That's a new one on here. The joke is, is that his, his back is hurt because he carried the team. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Versus the Colts. Um, but yeah, that, that is facts. So uh, who knows? We'll see if he's just having back spasms, then maybe he could still be back this week. Who knows if it's something more, more serious. So I'm definitely watching that. It would really stink to get uh, Williams back the same week that you would lose Hamilton. But I, I was in like Geno stones not on here. Remember Geno stone left, um, briefly. The other good news though, so oh, oh, sorry, before I get to the other good news uh, on Marlon Humphrey, I saw questions today. Well, why the heck didn't they put him on IR if he wasn't going to practice through four weeks anyway? And the answer is, is they had hope. And when you have hope to have your, one of your best defenders that he could maybe come back before the end of the four weeks, you take that chance. And so they weren't hurting originally for the roster spots. Now they are a little bit more with all these injuries, uh, but you take that chance. So what we saw from that video is he does look like he keeps getting closer. All right. The other good news is um, this. Jameson Hensley reported along with several others that running back Justice Hill, who's dealing with that foot or that toe, and, and Tyus Bowser, who's dealing with that knee and is still on the non-football injury list, list, they were working out on a separate field. Bobby, that's usually an indicator that somebody is either days or a week away from practicing. Now, we know Tyus Bowser can't until after week four because he's on the NFI list. But Justice Hill, there's somebody to watch, depending on how he felt working out on that, on that separate field. So that's why for Justice Hill and OBJ... I'm still holding out hope, and I, I'm very curious about Kyle Hamilton. Like you said, Harbaugh didn't say anything, uh, so it's hard to judge. But, uh, wow, that was some. That, this is some good news. I mean, you got Miles Garrett getting, getting Tyus Bowser back out there and Tyler Linderbaum. I mean, don't get me wrong. McCary and Musfer, I feel like, have filled in you know, relatively well. But we need to see the main guys start to get in there and get reps and have all these guys get chemistry together. This is very, very good news for the Ravens. As for the newcomer, Kyle Van Noy, John Harbaugh talked about what the Ravens are getting in him. You know, I always have liked Kyle Van Noy as a player. You go back to the Patriot Ravens games and uh, him being out there playing the way he plays in that, in that style, in that manner. Uh, he's just a ferocious player, you know, and smart player, tough player. Uh, I know he's in shape and He's ready to go, and, and uh, if needed, he'll be out there helping us. Something tells me, Sarah, that we weren't the only ones that was kind of shocked, taken back a little bit by all these returners. Here's number eight. Uh, uh, what is our razor? Um, you know, uh, it's just our, our guys back out there on the field, and we were looking forward to it. You know, Makari and Sam did a great job, you know, when those guys was out, but hopefully they back up this week. and. We just hit the ground running like we always do. Eye raising for sure. I mean, I was like, I had both my eyes. I was like, what the? I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe uh, they, we already talked about this, that he was out there. It's just crazy. 
Um, meanwhile, even though the Ravens have some good news themselves, the Browns are basically 100% on defense. This is the number one defense, and they're already 100%. They have a much shorter list. Um, yeah, I mean, Amari Cooper, that was just rest for him, so it wasn't injury-related. Uh, who was the Zardarius Wet, uh, Smith? He didn't practice, but he was just, again, it was rest. Oh, it was Greg Newsom. Their cornerback, he he's he was back with that that elbow injury, uh, so he was just limited. But he practiced. Deshaun Watson was out there, uh, limited, but he was out there. I mean, they're I mean, obviously they had Nick Chubb, and that's that's a big big loss. But certainly on defense, they look like they're about a hundred percent. Yeah, I'm looking at this this Kareem Hunt designation, ribs and groin. He just joined the team. He was a DNP on Wednesday, and somebody who is probably going to be asked a lot from I would imagine over the course of this season would know Nick Chubb. So something to be on the lookout here in, in the coming days elsewhere. Oh, is it time to get into Roquan? I think so. I just want to make Let's, sure. Yeah, we might, we might as well get into to Roquan Smith because <laughs> I loved what you did in our script, right? You had two different answers, essentially two different ways to talk about just how dominant, Cleveland's defense has been through three early weeks of football and the statistics back that up. We talked about this with Zach Jackson from the athletic Browns reporter in our preview. Go check that out in the archives if you haven't already done so. But for those of you joining us on YouTube, look at the ranks, look at where they're doing statistically 163.7 yards. That's all they're allowing in terms of total defense. That's the, that's, that's ranked number per one. game. That's per bananas. game. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah, per, yeah. per game. You got 52 on the ground, second, 111.7 in the air, first. I mean, they're first in one, two, three, four, five different categories here. Total defense, pass defense, points per game, third down defense percentage, and red zone defense touchdown percentage. They're first in all those in, in all those categories that I just mentioned. So yeah, it's early. But Sarah, they are a stout front, and it all starts with this man on the screen, Miles Garrett. All right. So obviously, then you go to the players, right, that come up at podium, and it's like, hey, wh what do you guys think? You're going up against the number one defense. You guys are known for defense. Um, and so first, they go to Michael Pierce because he was up on podium first, and Michael Pierce, you know, uh, gives his response in a very nice way. He gives a very the, the same type of message as Roquan Smith, but let's contrast the two. There's Michael Pierce, who says it in a nice way, and then there's Roquan, who says it in a Roquan kind of way. So here's Michael Pierce. Strive to be the number one defense. Uh, we aren't there at, at the moment, but um, definitely. But this is like Cleveland Browns or Baltimore Ravens. It's always been a big hit. Um, take a punch, throw a punch kind of game. So, um, no, nah, we definitely are aware that they're number one. And um, like I said, they have an amazing front. Obviously, we know Z and all those guys, so play with Dalvin. So, um, no, nah, we definitely want to outplay them. But um, at the end of the day, that number one spot is still up for grabs until the season's over. So we, that's what we're striving for. Okay, so very kind, very respectful. Uh, let's go Roquan. Uh, I think what this is week four. Uh, you're not defined off being the best defense in the league through week four, period. Uh, 
I think, yeah, it's a 17-game season. So it's what you're going to do uh, late in the season. But uh, hats off to those guys. I haven't watched them, so not really sure. I know they got some good players over there uh, and whatnot, but I haven't really watched them, so I really don't care too much if I'm being perfectly honest, just more focused on our defense and uh, what we're going to do to uh, make sure we come out victorious in this game. What is it, week four? Okay, and if, if that wasn't enough, Bobby, if that was enough, how about this? Let's get let's get this going a little bit more, Roquan. Uh, how does it feel to like you know go on uh, you know enemy territory in the AFC North? Yeah, you go in there as the, as the enemy to go take over, and that's our plan uh, to actually go take over. I think they call it the dog pound. I consider myself a dog, so I'm right at home in that place. So I'm excited to get back in there, and I know they're a physical football team, but so are we. And at the end of the day, it's going to be the most physical football team that come out of there, um, that comes out of there, and whoever is the most physical football team in that game, that's going to come out uh, victorious. And uh, your question about the division. Yeah, I think, my opinion, I think it's the best division in football, like without a doubt, if you look at it from top to bottom. It's hard to ingratiate yourself more than he already has in the short time that he's been here. He says and does and performs in all the right ways. The guy is a lightning rod. He's a catalyst. And he is this team's equivalent in terms of leadership and tone setting of what Ray once was here, you know, and, and the NFL film segment shows you everything you need to see in terms of how he embodies what Ray brought to this organization. And so when I hear him, there was nothing disrespectful about that, right? Let's be, let's be very clear with that. It was an intensity. It was a, a tone setting way night and day for Michael Pierce. We all love MP right in the middle there, but that's that right there is, okay, maybe some of it's bulletin board material, depending on what Cleveland does from a strategizing standpoint, Sarah. But he backs it up. He can talk like that. He's earned a right to talk like that. And I think everybody in that locker room looks to him. It's so funny because off of that question, and then the one that I remember I had asked when he was on our show, and I talked about how good, how can I forget his name now? Chase, how good Chase was catching the ball. And he's like, oh, I guess he's strong, but he wasn't strong enough that day. Like, like you're not giving my opponent a compliment. You know what I mean? Like, he's not, he's not doing that. Like, we're not doing that. So then, this is what I also like. Because it's been a minute since we've had somebody that's willing to talk like this. And so Garrett Downing from the Ravens is like, hey, you know, like when Terrell Suggs was here, he kind of embraced the villain role. And which we loved. It was always gold when, when Terrell Suggs went to the podium. And, and just like Roquan, it was because he backed it up. And so Garrett asked Roquan, do you embrace this villain kind of persona? And here's what he had to say. But at the end of the day, you're considered a bad guy because you're going into essentially another man's house and you're trying to take over. Like his wife, kids, everyone there to watch them. So you were going over to beat their tails in front of their wife and kids. So when you think about it from that perspective, like any man's going to, you know, fight to the death at that point. I know if that's me in that case, I know I would. So uh, I think about it from that standpoint and I'm just going in, you know, just like I prepare for any other game. Play to the whistle, play physical, and hit anything that moves. another man's house and we're trying to take over in front of his wife and kids like he just like is so uh illustrative in in his uh analogies there and then the last thing and i really do believe this is this is true <clears throat> you don't get somebody that's that competitive at football if you're not competitive at everything so that's why you know they asked about connect four 
a kid's game, right? A kid's game. Here's what he had to say about Connect Four. Oh, I'm a competitor, a fierce competitor. So I approach it trying to win each and every uh, game. I'm sure you can ask uh, some of your peers, co-workers, how good I am, you know? <laughs> I'm telling you, this guy has so much fun. He just has so much fun. We are so lucky to be partnering with him because anything he says is box office. Like he's just, he's fun. He's confident. He's electric. And I, I really do. I think he has really in a, in a short span, a short time period in this town with this organization, he's become like the guy, especially on a team where, and I think Lamar is getting more involved. I've, I've seen some of the tweets and whatnot. He's, he's a lot more involved uh, pregame and, and huddle wise than he has in the past, according to some of the beat reporters. But Lamar is not, he's not that rah-rah guy. He never, never has been, never will be. His play does the talking. I think Roquan is the guy in this locker room. I think they all look to him, and, and it's a contagious spirit that he has, and it's a whole lot of fun to cover. It's it's definitely definitely fierce. He wants to be number one. He wants to be number one in everything. So I don't know. When you got a guy like that, oof, the offense can just do a couple of things. You know you know that he wants to come out of there and be like, oh, y'all thought you were number one? You thought you were number one? Okay, those stats look look cute now, but wait till the season's over because, you know, I mean, they did. They played the Steelers who aren't scoring a lot, and I, I can't remember, you know, I'm trying to remember their other opponents. Obviously, they played the Bengals, which, you know, they stopped him more than the Ravens did. So, uh, but yeah, he is motivated. You are not the best. That's going to be me. So, uh, switching sides of the ball, Lamar was also up at podium on Wednesday and, um, you know, they had asked the question, this kind of goes back to Dan Orlovsky when he said it would take what, four to six weeks for the offense to, to kind of gel. And then week two, it was like, well, so much for that because week two, they started gelling. But then in week three, they didn't. My feeling is, is that I feel like they, they could be gelling faster, but these injuries are definitely getting in the way. Like you were missing Mark Andrews week one. Week two, you had more of the guys there, but then you lost them towards the end, like Tyler Linderbaum and, and OBJ and uh, Ronnie Stanley. So you're like losing them. Week three, you don't have them. And plus, you had just signed Kenyon Drake. Yeah, he was on the team but last year, but that was a different offense. You signed him just last week. So it was clear that, I mean, I, I remember um, Jonah Schaefer put out a clip of where it looked like Lamar had missed somebody. Um, on this route. And he was like, no, he was trying to get Kenny and Drake to go over here. So somebody else showed like the, the broadcast view of it. And it was clear that afterwards they communicated and Kenny and Drake was like, Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. And then kind of like indicated it was, it was my bad. And then Lamar's cool with it because he's brand new, but it it does. It makes it make it look like Lamar's missing plays or whatever. So um, anyway, injuries are definitely getting in the way on top of not playing in the preseason on top of being in a new offense. And so that was what Lamar was asking about is if they're still trying to get on the same page. Lamar, it looked like a couple of times Sunday, there were times where you may have expected guys to do something different or vice versa. Are, is, are, are you, do you feel like you guys are still in that phase where you're still trying to get on the same page? Uh, absolutely. You know, it's September, you know, um, one of our guys just got there a week. No, not not even a month. He hasn't been around. Uh, and then 
we just trying to we just trying to figure each other out right now. You know, uh, we didn't really play preseason, so we just trying to figure it out. You know, we just had one great game against Cincinnati. Piggyback, you know, um, go to Colts. Well, we played the Colts, and we just had a little mishaps, and that happens. You know, every game not perfect, but hope we clean it up. Cleveland, I feel like the sky's the limit for us, like I always say. So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No panic in that locker room. You know, we talked about it in the post game and it seems like those, those sentiments have been basically there's, they're stacking those, those types of sentiments. There's no panic whatsoever. There's certainly no panic. You can't say the same. I should say you cannot say the same right now in Denver because the Miami dolphins hung a 70 spot on Sean Payton's team, Sarah. And while there's, you would think with a new head coach and um, a bunch of different pieces, and to the puzzle and they're trying to make it work essentially in year one in Denver. I don't think people have as much grace uh, for the Broncos because Sean Payton sort of ran his mouth all off season long in terms of what he was going to do. And then he goes up and just destroys Nathaniel Hackett, who did not work out last year as the Broncos head coach. And so all of a sudden Sean's looking around the league and, and nobody's really rooting for him. Well, I think that led to a lot of people having a whole lot of fun when the Miami Dolphins hung a 70 spot, like I mentioned multiple times all week long now, on his Denver Broncos, and Lamar was asked about that kind of number, just exceeding expectations as far as the NFL standard. I believe our offense can do the same thing. Um, we just have to dial in, you know, stay locked in within the game and put points on the board because, like I said, I feel like we stopped ourselves against the Colts' turnovers. The mishaps, we wasn't putting points on the ball, but I believe we could. So uh, you're going to have to help me out here in terms of how it blew up online because I actually haven't seen it. But what it makes me think of, and I hope it's not this intense, do you remember during his 
extension press conference when he mentioned the 6,000 yards nugget. It got blown out of proportion. Headlines, you name it, no context. Was that this or what happened? Well, I, I wouldn't say it like blew up, blew up. Certainly not. To, well, who knows? We'll see. Like the national media, you know, those morning shows always start the next morning. So who knows if they're going to like pick it up and be like, uh, you know, oh, Lamar says that they could score 70, but all we saw was an offense that, you know, could barely, you know, get two touchdowns or whatever. So that we'll, we'll wait to see. Obviously, we're always watching what, you know, everybody's saying. That's partly what we do with our show is we kind of get everybody's uh, reaction to things and the news and all that. Um, so we'll see if it blows up that much. I just mean when I put the tweet up, there were obviously exactly what you're pointing to, like, oh, 70 points. Like, you know what I mean? And that's not – it is. It's like that whole, like, 6,000 thing. Lamar's saying, look, we have all these puzzle pieces. If we can put them together, as he says, sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. In an ideal scenario, in a perfect world, could there be a day they could maybe put up 70? I'm sure he thinks, yeah, like we could. But but uh, I just think he's more talking about their potential and what he believes they can do. Um, but he certainly isn't like, it's not it's not in the same vein that we're hearing Roquan type thing. Does that make sense? Where Roquan's like, it's only week four. You know what I mean? It's not like that. It's more like, hey, this is what I this is what I believe. Like we have the pieces to do that. Um, so yeah. So I think it's just more, uh, it's just so classic, like tearing down rather than building up. It's like, obviously they haven't reached that yet. Uh, obviously they're going through some growing pains. And so how dare he mention 70, you know? And of course it's just in a response, but yeah, he should dare and everybody should dare. And yes, there's baby steps. And I certainly would be happy if the Ravens could put up what 27, I mean, I'd be yeah, honestly, I'd be happy with that against this Browns defense. Not looking for seventy. I don't think Miami could put seventy up on the Browns defense. Um, so, so yeah, you take those baby steps, and I just kind of want to. I kind of just want to see everybody healthy, you know. So there's that. But I have no problem with somebody thinking huge. In fact, I love that kind of thing. I I don't think that you can become big unless you think big. Seventy might not be put up again. Uh, this century, yeah. <laughs> this this yeah. decade, yeah. Like, yeah, that's just how it is. It was new territory. Lamar has come close. He put up fifty nine to the Dolphins in his MVP season. You might remember fifty nine to ten was the final score. That was All Hollywood right. Browns sort of bursting onto the scene with that, yep. that big touchdown that he had right out of the gates in his hometown of Miami. There, so yeah, uh, it's just. Oh, that that content is it's so it's like I, I knew that was gonna happen. As soon as he said it, I'm like, oh Lamar. Oh, I know it came out organically, but that's gonna yeah. get twisted around. So let's shift gears and talk a little bit about Jadavian Clowney because he has been playing with his hair on fire so far and is through his th first three weeks in the NFL. Has he finished enough for some of the folks in the fan base or for our liking? Probably not. He he can he can finish plays more so. One comes to mind with CJ Stroud in the opener. But bottom line is, given what, how late of an addition he was, Sarah, and how low risk, high reward he comes with, it's a great start for a guy who's on the other side of 30. And this week, you would think, even though he was careful about how he handled his, his he didn't have a press conference, but he did speak with the media. This, you would think, means something to him going into week four because things did not end well 
whatsoever for him in Cleveland a year ago. And Jeff Sarebic detailed a number of, of these tweets on Twitter and X. He said, in terms of uh, on the ending, Jeff transcribed Jadavian's answer saying, I'm not going to talk about nothing that happened with the teammates, coaching staff, nothing. It was locker room talk that got out. I don't care what happened last year. I play for the Baltimore Ravens now. And Clowney went on to say that there's no bad blood on his end. Then Jadavian was asked on potentially facing his old teammates Sunday in Cleveland. I don't think I ever necessarily need no extra motivation. It's a division game. I have a lot of respect for a lot of guys over there, a lot of friends over there. I hope for them the best, but not against us. And he went on in terms of what advice he'd give to Ravens offensive players on dealing with Miles Garrett. Quote, put a lot of guys on him. He's a great player. I think he's one of the best defensive linemen the league has seen in a while, end quote. And Sarah, we've talked about this before with a couple of our, well, Zach Jackson even mentioned it in our preview episode. That was sort of at the epicenter of some of the drama, the way that the coaching staff treated in in Jadavian's eyes, Miles Garrett. So anyway, he did a good job in terms of diffusing the content around at least Wednesday's media. We'll see if that keeps up this week, but uh, you'd have to think internally. Obviously, this means something to him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean... Uh, all players admit to it at, at least after the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? They they don't necess- necessarily say it before the game because they're not trying to give any bulletin board material. Uh, but you know, he said all the right things, especially with how bad it ended. There was no there's no reason to like add fuel to the fire, and he just took the oxygen right out of it. So uh, you know, he yeah, he said the right things, and because and uh, um, I'm trying to remember which guest when they first illuminated to us that it was like. Those comments, I guess, were off record, um, which does make a difference in my mind. It does make a difference that you weren't trying to like publicly bash your teammates. Um, <clears throat> so you know, uh, that's uh, you know, I know that he has respect for like Garrett, you know, and maybe not the way he was used. A lot of players can be unhappy with the way that they were used. So yeah, this is a this is a big day for him. I'm sure he's going to want to show, hey. Uh, every, everybody does, even if you don't end with bad blood, it's the same thing between the Harbaugh brothers. Are you kidding me? John Harbaugh so badly wanted to beat his brother in the Super Bowl, and the same vice versa. That's, that's just the way it is. Like, uh, you, you always want to beat your former team, but you have to let your, your play do the talking. And then if you do, then, then maybe you can say a thing or two. But before then, there's no reason for him to give them more, more, uh, fuel to, to make them even more angry. You just triggered my memory. That was John McClain you referenced. Uh, it was yes, Houston. There we go. Yep, it was our Houston Houston uh, official game preview in Week One. And John McClain, who knew who knows Jadavian well from his time in Houston, said that it was his belief that there was something off the record shared. So Jadavian shared something with a reporter in Cleveland, and it got out. And he it, he was of the understanding that it was off the record. So anyway. Big deal for a number of reasons. In division, reuniting, yada, yada, yada. Should be a lot of fun to watch. Quick hits before we get out of here. How about this? PFF, missed tackles forced on runs by quarterbacks this season. Who do you think leads the list? Lamar, 14 overall, 0.44 per rush attempt. Justin Fields, Jordan Love, Patrick Mahomes, and Jalen Hurts are all below him. But the key here is the next closest to Lamar, is Fields 
and he's got half half of those missed tackles at seven. So it just shows you that, yeah, it's year sixth, just as dynamic as ever is number eight. This is what I referenced earlier on. Daryl Worley, Ravens, I guess, versatility extraordinaire. 102 total snaps he logged in week three. I don't know if this is something that we want to brag about because that they were certainly <laughs> don't want to be in that position to throw Daryl Worley out there. But how about for just in terms of pride, and the way that he stepped up. That was the most plays, 102 total snaps, of any player logged this season in the NFL. 76 on defense, 26 on special teams. People make fun of like the Ravens' uh, preseason win record and all that kind of stuff, but it's because of people like Worley that they do keep winning in the preseason. The Ravens finally snapped that streak. Uh much to the relief of many Ravens fans, by the way, because they got tired of people making fun of it and all that kind of stuff. And it really didn't mean much other than the fact that the Ravens have depth. And we've seen that again, they couldn't pull off the win against the Colts, but uh, the fact that they're already so banged up and still, um, and, and still we went into like, we went into the Colts game. I think I know I had like a 10 point spread. I think you did too. We just had different scores and we just fully believed just despite all those injuries, the Ravens are going to go win. And it's like, you only feel that way because the week before all the depth stepped up. It's, it really is crazy, crazy. What guys like Worley and Darby and you know, it's just, you know, that was just Gino, like all these guys just stepping up, uh, Mustafer, like it just, you can go on and on and on and on. Um, it's really impressive. Let's finish here. Another fitting way to to finish out a morning vault. John Harbaugh made sure to start off his Wednesday press conference by paying respect to the great Brooks Robinson, who Baltimore lost earlier this week at the age of 86, Orioles Hall of Famer. Uh, Harbs always does a, a great job of making sure that he's prepared to pay tribute and pay his respects, and I thought he did an awesome, awesome job uh, remembering one of Baltimore's all-time greats express our condolences as a family and also as an organization, team, players, and everybody else to the Robinson family for the passing of this great man. I, re you know, I remember our very first year in Baltimore where we lived was a neighborhood over. You know how the neighborhoods are. You get into the neighborhood where the houses are, you know, and you can get to more houses, right? So Allison was trick-or-treating. She was six years old. It just tells you how long ago it was, right? And, uh, we were going house to house, and we, we come up to a, to a house and ring the doorbell, and the door opens, and it's Brooks Robinson. I mean, I'm a baseball fan. I know who Brooks Robinson is. I was just, like, stunned, you know. I mean, you talk about not being able to say anything and just, like, and he had the biggest smile on his face and, you know, <laughs> welcomed us, and uh, we talked for a few minutes, and that was how I got to meet Brooks Robinson. And since then, here and there, and over time, we'd run into each other. And the most gracious man I think I've ever met in my life. Just a, just a prince of a person. So uh, rest in peace, Brooks Robinson, forever. So I tell you what, and just because we finished Tuesday's morning vault, sort of sharing one of those like romantic, I would say, because we all know that baseball is who, how can you not be romantic about baseball, Sarah? I shared this statistic with you earlier this week that Brooks holds the record for most games, 10, in which he drove in the only run in a one nothing victory throughout his Baseball Hall of Fame career. On the day of his passing earlier this week, the Orioles beat the Nationals 
one to nothing. All right. So I, sh- I shared just the, 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 the powerful nature of that, right? That was for Brooks. And then the following night on Wednesday, the Orioles go on to win and they put up five runs in a game that they brought their magic number to clinch the AL East down to one game. So you talk about back-to-back nights of just magic. Speaking of magic, that's the that's the higher power stuff. He's up there watching down on Baltimore, and gosh, I hope the Orioles make a run over the next month or so. So good way to finish things up there. Awesome stuff from Harbs. And as always, we want to make sure we shout out and thank two of our returning patrons. They are supporting everything we do here inside the vault through Patreon this month. So Matt DiMaggio and Blake Yaspa, we appreciate both of you guys for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you are interested in doing the same and you don't already, go visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast to learn more about what we're offering. And High Grounds Cafe became the latest small business Patreon title sponsor for us, which means they get one episode per month at the $49.99 rate to be our title sponsor. So happy to have them on board as a number of other small businesses in the Baltimore area are as well. So for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Thursday morning vault edition. We will be back on Friday. We will have predictions. Don't worry. We won't forget about them. And we'll talk to you then inside the vault.